Welcome back to the Sound Sense Podcast. I'm Jessica Quinlan. Today, we're diving back into the topic of student loan repayment. As many of you probably know, myself included, student loan repayment has officially restarted. And I wanted to bring in some folks to discuss everything that's going on with that so we can really sort of tackle this together. I have today Katie Griffin, our Supervisor of Community Education. Hello, Katie. Hello. And Laura Straub, our Community Education Lead. Hello, Laura. Hey. All right, so let's just dive right in. One of the most, you know, common challenges I think a lot of student loan borrowers face, especially now that it's come back, is this struggle to actually just make those monthly payments. You know, myself included, it, it it's just this sort of daunting number that, that feels like it came out of nowhere. People have tight budgets, life changes, the financial economy right now is quite stressful. How can we address this issue so that we don't default on these loans and mess with our credit? Yeah, no, that's a fabulous question to start with. So the biggest thing is a like just reevaluating your budget, just seeing where you're at right now. But then, as you said, like budgets are tight Mm -hmm. time of year, especially. And so just really looking at the options that are available to you. So there is an income driven repayment options to help kind of lower that monthly amount due each month. They have reevaluated that formula, and there's different types of that income redriven, such as the repay plan and the save plan. So it just takes into account your discretionary income and has this lovely little formula where it calculates <laughs> what it's going to um, have you then pay per month. There is an interest cap, so that is nice because some of the income-driven repayment plans, like it was so low that it wasn't even touching the interest. It was just going to the principal. And so people were paying a lot more in interest over the length of that Mm -hmm. loan. So there are some now interest caps with it. So definitely talk to your student loan officer with the service provider that you have and see if these plans are a benefit to you, what it'll look like, how much it'll be monthly, and everything that goes into that like how long will it drag it out or is it going to stay the same yearly amount that you have so there are some options out there so definitely check them out because as Katie will get into here in a little bit like that forbearance and deferment plans too can kind of have some other implications where the income driven repayment really just helps you out monthly so I love that and is that something you have to reapply for Mm -hmm. Um, okay yeah so some of them you do have to recertify every year just to see where you're at do you know, is that like calendar year? So let's say I apply today, it's December 1st. Do I have to reapply in January or do I reapply December 1st, 2024? Like whenever you apply year. That year. Okay, yes. great. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, that's a good clarifying question. Okay, fantastic. And then for these, do you typically go through your current provider or are you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, yep. You'll work with your student loan provider. And mm-hmm. if you don't know who that is, um, studentaid.gov is the place to check out, um, you know, who is your loan service provider, mm-hmm. um, what company and what those phone numbers and stuff are. So uh, yeah, you would be working with them on um, what those plans can look like for you. Great. So correct me if I'm wrong, but there this started in October, right? So we've had two, in theory, two-ish payments, maybe three if you had December, if you had the first, correct? So mm-hmm. what happens when you can't make your payments or when you've missed a payment? I'm sure we have some listeners out there who perhaps have not started paying at all or perhaps missed one of the, the last two. So what, what's happening there? Yeah, that's that, that's a great question because, I mean, with all this starting up, it's hard. Mm-hmm. A lot yes. of us and are, it's a holiday season, yeah, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, great time for this. <laughs> yes, of course, right? Up, There's no right? Black Friday student loan deals. Um, no, but so if you are struggling to make your payments, the first thing that I'm going to suggest is that you reach out 
and talk mm-hmm. to them. Whether if they're federal student loans, reach out, talk to them, or whoever your creditor is. Like, folks want to help. They mm-hmm. they want they want to help. They they don't want to see people struggling like to make these. So so first thing I would recommend is just reach out, have that conversation. Say I'm struggling to make this. Right. What can we do to move forward? So there is a, a new program that was just implemented like when the repayments restarted. Yeah. So it's a grace period. Okay. So if you miss a payment like one month between up until when this expires, which it expires September 30th, 2024. Okay. So if you miss a payment, it won't affect your credit, which is great news. Mm-hmm. Interest will continue to accrue, but that credit piece is a major one. So That's great. that grace period is going on right now. Now, if you're still having trouble making your payments, there are a couple other options. Uh, So there is what's known as either forbearance or deferment. These are options for federal student loans where it will pause your student loan payments if you can't afford them right now. Okay. So it'll put that pause on them. These are agreements that you're making uh, with the lender. And there is a key difference kind of between the two, between forbearance and deferment, and that's that deferment might not accrue interest depending on the type of loan it is, and that can last up to three years, while forbearance always accrues interest, and it's only for 12 months at a time. So that's kind of the, the main differences between the two, but those are some options out there if you know, just really need some more time to kind of figure out these payments and you know work it into the budget and everything, you can do these pauses. Hmm. They're not great long-term solutions, but if you need a temporary fix, then, then that is an option. And is this something you, similar to income-driven, you sort of apply for? Yeah. What are the requirements for this? Is this sort of also income-driven and those kind of things, or is it just something kind of anyone can get? You're just agreeing to like this last 12 months and you're getting interest. We don't really care what you make or what your situation is fine, whatever. This is your life choice. Yeah, there can be like certain qualifications okay. to, to get approved. It might be something like unemployment. Or if you're still in school as a student. Um, right. That happened like to me still. when I first went to grad school. Mine went yeah. to deferment. Okay. Yeah. So there's a variety of like uh, different qualifications that may have to be met in order to be approved. Okay. So but, not anyone can get right. this necessarily. Yeah. But just still speak with to, your officer. Yeah. Sure. Still worth it to, you know, apply for it and just see. Right. You know, see what happens. Now, awesome. if you are unable to make your payments and, you know, aren't looking into these different options and it's just because life is crazy sometimes <laughs> and just we mm-hmm. miss our payments. If that does continue, just know that if you miss nine payments, so about nine months in a row of payments, then you will face a default, which means that your loan is now delinquent. So to know that that is something that can happen. What so, are what are those consequences? So if your loan becomes delinquent, then there's a few things. So now the loan is due in full, um, which is a really scary thought. <laughs> My heart just like it will have a negative impact on your credit score, and you will also lose eligibility and benefits like repayment plan options. Okay. And there is the option that they could garnish your wages. Which so means that they could just automatically take money out of your paycheck. My advice to wants. everyone today is call your loan people yes. and just mm-hmm. start that conversation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do it, it right now, actually. Yeah. Pause pause this podcast. Yeah. That is give the them a best call. thing. That's the yep. best thing you can do is just have as, that conversation. As soon as you as soon as you know that you're struggling to make those payments or just you know having trouble fitting into a budget or just need more time to figure it out, mm-hmm. just call. Okay. Call, I love this. reach out. Yeah. And if you do like end up in that 
default situation. We do have some options to get out of it. Of course, one option is just to pay in full, which, you know, if we could have done that in the first place, (laughs) then I'm sure we If that was an option, we'd be doing that. But in um, theory, that is an option. (laughs) Yeah. There is also the option to consolidate federal student loans, which means they just kind of average out the interest rate, which can make your loan payment each month lower, which could bring it to a point where you could afford it a little better. Or there's another option of rehabilitation, Mm -hmm. which is when a new payment is determined based on income. And if you can make nine out of 10 payments under the rehabilitation, then the loan is returned to good standing. The default status is removed from your credit history. But know that rehabilitation is a like a one-shot deal. You have one chance to do rehabilitation. So if it doesn't work out the first time, you can't apply you can't for try it. again. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. All right, so let's address a sticky subject, student loan forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's continuing to change right now. There is still lots of gray out there about this. So the best thing is to continue to make those monthly payments, reaching out to your loan officers, and monitoring studentaid.gov for more answers when it comes to this loan forgiveness. Now, Depending on your line of work, though, there is some loan forgiveness programs out there already in place. So I know higher education has one or education industry has one. So if you work for um, education for 10 years, you were in good standing with your loans. So you were making those Mm -hmm. payments, et cetera. You can apply for loan forgiveness. So there are different lines of industry where they do have loan forgiveness programs out there. Again, your service provider will be able to help you with that if that is something that you might qualify for. Mm -hmm. With that, though, you do want to consider tax implications because you will have to pay taxes on the excess of the loan that they're forgiving. And then you also want to be aware of any scams out there. There are so many places that are trying to say, like, apply here for loan forgiveness, and they're getting all of our information. (laughs) So definitely you know, have your guard up, follow those good scam rules that we've said on other podcasts of just avoiding putting in information into a website that you're kind of unsure about. So again, just kind of be aware of scams. But there are some loan forgiveness programs, like I said, that are already in place, especially if you went to a school that was fraudulent. So a lot of those for-profit schools that shut down, there are some loan programs out there to help you with that if that's your case as well. So studentaid.com of does have some good resources for those loan forgiveness programs that are already in place. But again, Great. just kind of keep monitoring the situation. We'll yes. see what we'll happens. See. Keep our fingers uh, crossed. You never know. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we touched on this a bit when we discussed consolidation. But what are some ways you can manage, you know, multiple loans with different interest rates and servicers? I think this is, you know, pretty common uh, just given how long people are in school and things change and you're all of that kind of stuff. So what do we do in that case? Yeah, that's a great question. I remember like when I first got out of school, I had so many different payments going everywhere yeah. and it was it's, it's hard to manage and keep track of. So the first option is just to take advantage of setting up automatic payments. It can be a lot to juggle. So just automating as much as possible so the payments just happen. You don't have to think about it. That can make your life easier. But the other option, as you mentioned, is consolidation. So consolidation doesn't only have to happen if you're trying to get out of default. So consolidation can happen at at any time. So if you have like federal student loans, you can consolidate everything into one. Or if you have like some private student loans, then you can you know, take those plus the federal loans and consolidate it into one like private loan. That's another option as well. 
So going through like this process with private loans, that is considered like refinancing and it does impact your credit because you're taking out a new loan to pay off all the other existing loans. Mm -hmm. So if you're consolidating just your federal student loans, it won't impact your credit and they're just going to average out whatever the interest rate is across the board of all those federal student loans, which as I mentioned earlier, talking about default, like it can lower your monthly payment. Mm -hmm. And if I can add on to Katie with that, if you do have one of your federal loans that has a really good, like low interest in it, you don't necessarily have to do all of them. So you can pick some because it will do that averaging. So you can leave the one that has like the lowest off of there if you would Mm -hmm. like and just consolidate the others. So you really can have that flexibility with that, which is nice. I would definitely do that, Matt and see what that interest will be because it may not make sense to even though it will help us manage but if we can save some money too so just do the math and see what's best for you with that yeah absolutely and just a few things to keep in mind if you are consolidating federal student loans if you are on an income driven repayment plan for loan forgiveness you could lose credit for the payments you had made up until that point before consolidation. So a really important thing to to check into. And also just know that while consolidating can make your monthly payments lower, it could extend your repayment term out longer, Mm -hmm. which would uh, result in like paying more interest. Right. Overall. All right. So last question here, what are the impact of student loans on long-term financial goals? Yeah, with this one, it really comes down to, you know, what else can we be using that money for, right? Right. So the amount that we're paying monthly for student loans can then be used for other purchases, for retirement savings, or whatever our other long-term goals might be. So it could really impact our future plans when it comes to how long are we going to be continuing to pay these student loans. Mm -hmm. So really trying to figure out how we can pay them off sooner might just help us in the long term have more flexibility and freedom when it comes to our monthly payments and expenses. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Katie, Laura, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to Sound Sense from Ent Credit Union. Be sure to follow our podcast as well as rate and review us. I'm Jessica Quinlan. I will see you next week, same time, same place. The information presented in this episode is intended to be used for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Consult a financial, tax, or legal professional to see if the information provided in this episode is suitable for your situation. Information stated is current as of the time of recording and may be subject to change in the future. Third-party products and services mentioned in the podcast are done so for informational purposes only and should not be considered endorsements or affiliations unless stated otherwise. Any opinions of guests or third parties on the podcast are strictly their own and do not represent Ent Credit Union. Ent Credit Union is insured by the NCUA and is an equal housing opportunity lender. Visit Ent.com for more information.